We've been in a study of the revelation of Jesus Christ for some weeks, and we transitioned into the faith of the Son of God a week or so ago. And so we're looking at the faith of the Son of God, and Lord willing, we'll look at this for some time. Uh, I did a little outline and of the study, and so I just want to share with you some of the things. I'm sure there's others the Lord's going to bring to my heart and my mind as we get into this, but to start with, what is faith? What is our faith? What is his faith? How does it blend together, work together, so on and so forth? Uh, where does faith come from? What is faith? Where does faith come from? Contend for the faith handed down to the saints. What was the faith that was handed down to the saints? I mentioned our faith, his faith, how faith works, how faith is substance, how faith is evidence, what was hoped for, where is faith, and most importantly, the faith of the Son of God. In Galatians chapter 2, we may read this again later in this sharing, but right now, the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So he said he lived by the faith of the Son of God. This very understanding, the faith of the Son of God, is where I want the Lord to bring our hearts. I want us to come into this understanding. What does he mean, the faith of the Son of God? Is that different than our faith? And how does our faith work with that, or how does that work with our faith? All right. These are some things that's in my heart. These are some things the Lord is gathering up in me, and over the next few weeks or few months, however this works, I pray that God just gathers them up, that we can see them, hear them, and they become a, a living expression in our being because their being is in Christ, and everything in him works. Amen? So we are in Christ Jesus. We that have him are in Christ Jesus. So we're going to start with Hebrews 11. Like I said, we'll probably come back to Galatians 2, but we're going to start in Hebrews 11. Now faith is. King James Version says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by Yet he being dead, yet speaketh by faith. Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his 
translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So we, on our part, must believe that God is. This is what the writer Hebrews says, and he wrote this, you, you know, many years ago to the Hebrews, that he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when we come to God, we come to God expecting. And I, and I want to say this to you. If you've come to the Lord Jesus Christ, if Christ is dwelling in you, then you have come to God. You are in the presence of God. If you go back uh, one or two sharings back, I was dealing with take off your shoes, Moses, you were on holy ground. And the awareness of where we are in Christ, sometimes we read that and we see that God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. And we may not be aware of the reality of the fact that Christ dwells in us and we dwell in Christ. We may not be aware of that, that you are on holy ground. So you've come to God. And now that we've come to God, we must be diligently seeking him. We must be turning our heart, as Apostle Paul writes to the Colossians, set our affections on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, not on things on the earth. So our affections are upon Christ, upon the finished work of Christ that he did at Calvary in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's where our affections are. We are seeking to know the things of God through the person of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you know the things of God. There's no other way. So we're seeking to know God through Christ, and we've, we've come to him. We've been brought to him. We've been presented complete in Christ Jesus. All these things we, we, we gather up in him to realize, to know. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I really want to get our minds captured here, get our hearts set here. If I was a Jewish man born at the time this was written or before this was written, slightly before this was written, if I was in my 20s or 30s and, and the book of Hebrews came out, what would have I been hoping for? Okay, I want to ask that question. I want to ask that question because I believe it pertains to the everything else here, substance and evidence, because way the way the scripture has been presented, I'm afraid many times is you you know if you hope for something, if you want something from God, you just go to Him and seek Him till He gives it to you. Now there's scripture that seems to say this, and then there's scripture. Like in the book of James says, you have not because you ask not. 
and then you then you're not receiving because you're asking upon your own lust, your own desires. You're not asking out of the will of God, in other words. So what was hoped for, I, I believe, is some of the things I, I just said. You're complete in Christ, being made complete, coming to perfection, coming into the presence of God. If I was reading the Old Testament scripture, I could say the things hoped for were the things that was in the promises that were in the Old Testament scripture to the Jews and the Israelites. That's what was being hoped for. Now, faith is the substance of other things, and this is where this all ties together, the faith of the Son of God, faith in the Son of God, faith of the Son of God. It ties into him because he, Christ, is the substance of all those things. Glory to God. It pleased God that in him would dwell all fullness. God gathered up all things in him, in Ephesians 1, in heaven and earth. So, so all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus the Lord. So, so what was hoped for by the, by the, putting this in context, by the people when this was written, was the new covenant, was the restoration of Israel, was, was the Israelites coming into their own land, was, was living water coming out of God, written by Isaiah. Uh, Behold, I create a new heaven and new earth. Behold, I create Jerusalem and rejoicing. These things were hoped for. These things they were looking for. And faith is the substance of these things, okay? Let's say it that way. Faith is the substance of these things and the evidence of them that's not seen. So it's not physically seen, but it's comprehended in our hearts by the Spirit of the living God. So when we look at faith, the word faith means persuasion or moral conviction, and there's deeper definitions than this, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it here for right now as we get into this study, but persuasion and moral conviction, so the persuasion of our heart and even the persuasion of his heart is based upon the work of Jesus Christ. This is where the persuasion's at. This is where the conviction's at. This is where the assurance is at. You know, one translation calls faith assurance. Assurance. Well, the assurance is in Christ Jesus. The assurance of these things that, I, that I've just mentioned is in Christ Jesus. And we're going to look at, look at this. I, as we look at this, I want us to go back to Hebrews 10. And we're going to begin in verse 9, Hebrews 10, verse 9. And then we're going to go to Ezekiel 36, if you want to grab those two places. But Hebrews 10, verse 9 to start with. The writer says, Then said I, then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down 
on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of, Je blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he have consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Amen. So here in the old covenant, this was hoped for. I will make with them a new covenant after those days. In the old covenant, that was not realized. Okay. That's what I mean. That was not realized. But in Christ, thy sins and iniquities, God writing his law in your heart and in your mind is realized. Okay. In the old covenant, it's not realized. In the new covenant, it's realized. Okay? That was hoped for, honey. All those sacrifices in the old covenant that could never take away sins was speaking of a day when sins and iniquities would be remembered no more. With sins and iniquities being remembered no more, the lawless deeds being remembered no more, according to which translation you're looking at, is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. We obtain that by faith in him, or the faith of him, the, the persuasion of Christ. You could say we obtain that by hearing the herald of Jesus Christ, hearing the evangel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we obtain this realization in our hearts. We come to this realization of Christ in our hearts by hearing the word of Christ, by hearing the word of God and the rhema of God. And that's what Romans 10 says, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. King James, New, New American Standard says, faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. Some people may say, well, the translations are, are one of the translations are wrong. Well, I don't know about that. The rhema of God and the rhema of Christ, I would, I would believe it's the same thing. I know there's, according to those two translations, there's two different Greek words used, but the rhema of God, the proclamation, the declaration of God is Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Faith cometh by hearing the good news. And the good news began to be sounded by Jesus himself. He that believeth on me, he says over and over in the book of John, he that believeth on me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He he that believes in him has passed from death and life. You can go on and on, and we're, we're going to look at some of this as we look at the faith of the Son of God. So, so the 
gospel, good news of Jesus Christ is where the faith comes from. It comes by hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, how do you and I hear? Do we just hear because Brother Wayne or Brother James or, or some different brothers declare this? Well, we may hear those brothers declare this, but but the writer of Revelation says, hear what the Spirit saith to the church. And, and I'm telling you what the Spirit says to the church is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that. <laughs> I, I'm being bold here. Jesus declared of the Holy Spirit in John 16, and, and, and in these studies I've been in, I've looked at John 16 so many times. He shall take of mine. He shall take me. He shall take that that Christ has done and show it to you, declare it to you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So we hear by the Spirit of the living God what Christ has done, because what Christ has done is now in the Spirit of the living God, and we hear and see that by the Spirit of God, and we realize that, we're persuaded of that, we comprehend that through faith. Hallelujah. That's what's hoped for, and that's what we receive is what is done in the person of Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus told the, the Jews in one place, he said, you search the Scripture, and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they that testify of me. So, so when, when the Old Covenant speaks of this, thy sins and iniquities, will I remember them more, that was testifying of Jesus Christ. That's where that was going to be fulfilled and realized, and realized in the person of Jesus Christ. You can't realize it anywhere else. Glory to God. See, one of the things I'm concerned we try to do is we try to understand a lot of things in the old covenant outside of the person Jesus Christ. And if we would just take to heart that Jesus said in more than one places, Jesus said this, that the scripture was declaring him. Okay. And he came. So thy sins and lawless deeds, why I remember no more is only realized in him, in him. Glory to God. And you and I should really know that it's realized in him. You know, the, the New Testament scripture, what we call the New Testament scripture, tells us that, that, that he took away through one offering, he took away sins. Through his death, we are dead to sin. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Through him, we live unto God. I mean, I mean, this is in the New Testament writing. Thy sins and iniquities, well, I remember no more, is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. You and I read that in the New Testament. But this becomes real through faith of him, through Christ being revealed in us, through knowing him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This is how it becomes real in our hearts and our souls. Now, we believe that. And, and going back to the beginning of the sharing, this is what we should be diligently seeking. Set your affections on things above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. This is what is 
at the right hand of God. This is what's in the authority of God. Is is this very very thing I'm sharing? That sins and iniquities will I remember no more. This is in His authority. See, nowhere else can this be realized, but in Christ. You know, Paul looked at himself. And he wrote this in the book of Romans, and, and he come to a conclusion of, of himself, and he says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes on and says, Thanks be unto God who hath delivered us. So, so God delivered us in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where deliverance is at. We have no deliverance outside of him. So all of this comes to conclusion in Christ Jesus, the Lord. Anyway, moving on, let's let's take a look at Ezekiel 36. I said we were going to look at Ezekiel 36. And, I, and as we look at Ezekiel 36, 23, I want you to pay attention back in Hebrews 10. He says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he have consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So a new and living way, a new way. We have a new and living way through Jesus Christ. And again, this is what we should be seeking for. This is what we should be hoping for. This is what we should be in expectation of, is the reality of living in this new and living way. And now I want us to go back to Ezekiel 36, 23, because it speaks of, of what we've read in Hebrews uh, 9, or Hebrews 10 and 11, excuse me, and probably Hebrews 9 too, but Hebrews 10, 11. Ezekiel 36, 23 says, And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. So so Jesus, I, I believe it's in John 17, he, he said he sanctified himself. Well, here in Ezekiel, the Lord is saying he's going to sanctify his great name, and he's going to be sanctified in the midst of them. And to me, this is just speaking of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He was sanctified. He was set apart. He went to the cross. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And fulfilled the work of God. And then it goes on and says, For I will take you from among the heathen and give it, gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk and my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will also save you from all uncleanness, and I will call for corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that you shall 
you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. All right. God says here, he will give, you know, you know, the Israelites a new heart and a new spirit. I'm telling you, this is fulfilled in Christ. He'll bring you into your land. And in, and in this land, I want you to notice what he says of this land. He said, you shall be my people and I will be your God. But look at this, a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. This is realized in the person of Jesus Christ, even coming into their land. Now, this is seen by most Christians as not being fulfilled as someday in the future, the Israelites will be gathered back into the physical land of, of Israel. But I want you to consider with me for a moment, consider Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, the writer says, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. That's what the writer of Hebrews 12 says. So I'm saying to you, if that's so, then this is fulfilled, and it's fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. You are brought out of the land of Adam and into Christ. How many times have you read that in the New Testament? And in this place, God puts his own spirit in us that we can walk in his statutes, and his statutes are realized in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So, so this, is the this is what we receive of God. See, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We hear this, and we receive this by hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, that he's brought us out of Adam, and he's brought us into himself. And God's spirit is within us. See, this is a new and living way. God's spirit is within us, is a new and living way. He's taken away the old stony heart. He's taken away the old hard heart that we can receive that of God, that we can know that of God. God has done this in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, folks, this is good news. We are in a great place because he's put his spirit with us. And, and he goes on and says, I will save you from all your uncleanness. And again, this is only done in the person of Jesus Christ. Our uncleanness is washed away in Christ. And we are washed by the word of God. We are sanctified by the word of God. We are sanctified in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So now flip with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. See, in, in, and along this same line, a new heart will I give you in a new spirit. I will put my spirit within you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, says, But God, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which the things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, compared, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. What's the point of me reading this? A new heart, a new spirit will I give you. How, how's a new heart here? Well, it's real simple. You know the things of God. The old man didn't know the things of God. So this heart that we have in Christ knows the things of God, and God's Spirit is in us that he may instruct us, that he may teach us, that he may show us. We've not received the Spirit of the world, but we received the Spirit which is of God, which which is was directly is, is directly, I believe, related to the book of Ezekiel. This is fulfilled in Christ. This is realized in Christ. It's only realized in Christ. See, see, faith is the substance of what's hoped for. A new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Well, the substance of that is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. The substance of that, the evidence of that, the evidence of that is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. The evidence of the Spirit is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. That we receive the Spirit that we may know Him, that we may walk in God's statutes and judgments and do them, living. And 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 I believe in the new covenant. This is a this the the God's statutes and judgments, and we may get into this one of the sharings in this. We'll see. But I believe that is found only in the person of Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'll leave it there. We we, but God has given us a new spirit. He has given us the Spirit of God that we might know the things of God. So that's a new heart, that our heart knows that of God, not that of man. And it only knows that of God through the Spirit of Christ who is in us. We've not received the Spirit of the world, but we've received the Spirit which is of God. We've received that Spirit to know the things of God. Glory to God. This is realized, again, in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. He is the substance of this. Now, faith is the substance of what's hoped for. So, so the substance of Christ being made real in our heart, we, we're joined to that, folks. We, we, I, I believe it blends into our very being. And, and we're receiving that. We're receiving that. We're hoping for that. We're receiving that by the Spirit of God. It's being made real in our hearts by the Spirit of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, although we once regarded Christ, in this way, we do so no longer. King James says, we know him by the flesh no longer. We don't regard him by the flesh anymore. We don't see him by the flesh anymore. We don't know Christ by the flesh. We know him by spirit. It's what 1 Corinthians 2, I believe, is telling us. But anyway, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new has come. The new's not coming. It has come. It's come in the person of Jesus Christ. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put in you. This comes in the person of Jesus Christ. You are a new creature created of God in Christ Jesus. And the writer goes on to say, all, all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So in this reconciliation that we have in Christ, we've been brought unto God. And we're brought unto God through his death, burial, and resurrection. And, and always that death is going to be there speaking because it separates that old man. It cuts off the flesh. We know no man according to the flesh here. We know them according to Christ Jesus the Lord. So we don't know one another according to the flesh either. We, we know one another according to the Spirit of Christ. We know one another to the tr according to the truth that's in Christ. And that's how we should receive one another as Christians. You know, in Galatians 2 that I read earlier, there was a great confrontation with Paul and Peter because Peter separated from the Gentiles. In the, according to the flesh, when the when the Jewish Christians come down, and Paul rebuked him to the face, and and the reason Paul did this is is he was Peter in that moment was walking not according to the truth that's in Christ, not according to the grace of God in in Christ, not according to the faith of God in Christ. Peter all at once was walking back under the law, because under the law. Jews and Gentiles were different, <laughs> right? Yes, they were. But in Christ, there's neither male, female, Greek, or Jew. We're made one. So, so Peter at that moment was no longer beholding the head. And, and I don't want to beat up Brother Peter because I, I know by the Scripture he had a great walk with the Lord. And, and uh, you, you read about Peter, you, you, you could see the walk he had with God. But see, we can easily walk according to the flesh, evidently, and not according to the Spirit. And so walking according to the Spirit is walking in the comprehension of that that's in Christ, walking by faith, the comprehension of that that's in Christ. So so my point in, in saying this is, is when we see one another, we who are members of the body of Christ, when we see one another any other way than that, are we doing the same thing Peter did? Are we knowing one another according to the flesh, or are we knowing them according to Christ? Because by Christ, we stand or fall. We don't, we don't stand or fall by what we think about each other. We stand or fall by the Lord. He's our life. And, and if Christians come to see Christ as their life, I, I may have said this last week. If I did, I'm going to repeat myself. I know I've said this in some of our local meetings. Your life is great. You know, Christians question all the time their life. Well, if they had realized Christ is their life, now, now they would realize that, then, then, then maybe they could deal with situations because we all have situations, but your life is great because he's your life. Your life's complete because he's your life. Your life is perfect because he's your life. I could go on and on. He's your life. Now, 
comprehending him as life is 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 something altogether different but he, the fact that he's in you and you're in him he's your life so now anyway we understand that we're a new creation of god in christ by faith okay we receive that by faith we receive that by hearing the word of christ we receive that we come to know that by hearing the word of Christ. See, see again, Romans chapter 10, and, and uh, I'm going to have to stop here in a moment, but Romans chapter 10 says, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So, and, and before this is written, he quoted a couple of things in Isaiah, Lord, who has believed a report. So the report that was spoken of in Isaiah is this faith that comes by hearing and the hearing by the word of Christ that we hear from the rhema, that of Christ, the evangel of Christ, as it's made real to us by the spirit of God we hear, and we receive it, and we receive it into our heart, and we walk in what we receive. We walk in an understanding of what we receive. And this understanding of Christ becomes more and more real. Now, I hope this helps you with faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance. And Paul says, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live by the faith of the Son of God, according to Galatians 2. So the substance of this is found in Jesus Christ. It's found in Jesus Christ. And we come, as this is shown to our hearts by the Spirit of God, through the evan evangel or gospel of Jesus Christ, we, we come in faith. We come believing, and we live in his faith. We live in his assurance. And I, and I believe it blends together. We believe into it. We receive it. And I'll be so bold to say his faith, I believe, becomes our faith. His assurance becomes our assurance. His substance becomes our substance. His evidence becomes our reality. Yes, I believe that. I believe that. And I just pray that the Lord just, just make this real in us, that, that what we're hoping for, what we're hoping for are the things of God in Christ. You know, and may God just open our eyes, may he open our eyes to the coming of faith, to the hearing of faith, to the hearing of the word of God. May we hear it. May we see it. May we understand it and move in it. May we May we really get a hold of being crucified with Christ, but of Christ living in us and the life that we're living in the flesh. We live by the faith of the Son of God. May we really get a hold of this, that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. That's the heartbeat that's in me, that I would know this. And not only me, but but that the church would know this, that, that those that I have the opportunity to share with and those that come, you, you know, of any, any way they, they hear these messages, they would come to a knowledge of him. That's my heart for you. You come to a knowledge of him. Anyway, 
May the Lord Jesus Christ just bring this forth in our hearts and our minds. May God bless you. Amen. Amen.